Good evening. Today is Monday, January 3rd, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is more about alcoholism, and our speaker tonight is Whitney. Thank you, Whitney. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. You can hear me. Good. Thumbs up, anyone? I have you on my phone, so I can only see four of you. I'm, unfortunately, I needed my computer to be able to read more about alcoholism. Hi, I'm Whitney, recovered compulsive overeater. I'm from Modesto, California, but I'm currently in Lake Tahoe, California, sitting in my car. We happen to be on a family trip. Uh, and I have 17 people in a cabin. And so needless to say, I wasn't going to find the space to share my story in the way that I'd like to. And before I start, you know, I, I get really nervous about this. And so I just like to open up with a prayer. God, please help us to set aside everything we think we may know about this meeting, about each other, about my share and about the chapter more about alcoholism so that somewhere in my story that somebody may have a new experience with me with this with this meeting tonight and that they would um, see the truth through all of it and, and ultimately all the glory to you for anything that is helpful or useful to any soul that is listening tonight. My hope is that this message would be carried and all glory would go to you. So thank you for that. Amen. Yeah, I'm really nervous to share. I, I don't often share my meeting. Uh, I don't often share in OAM and the food and the beverage program. And so I've got about um, a year, a little bit uh, like a year and a half now in this program. And I, I couldn't be more grateful for the recovery that has changed my life. Um, and so uh, what I was asked to do tonight was to read uh, share some things about uh, more about alcoholism, which is truly um, one of my favorite chapters. I, I, I'm thrilled with the book of Alcoholics Anonymous and have found that uh, all, all my problems were solved by working through these steps. And uh, this was a very important chapter for me. So the first thing I'd like to share about is that we learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholic. And this is the first step in recovery. And I think for a long time, I was really unwilling to fully concede to my innermost self. I had told everybody else and I, but that, that step where I took that I, uh, you know, uh, it was April 20th, 25th. I was eating against my will. It was the pandemic. I was I, I was beyond human aid and I had to fully concede to my innermost self, which I did. Uh, and I called somebody who I thought could take me through the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I made that phone call and she told me to put down my alcoholic foods. And in two days we would talk again. And so I thought that meant that she wasn't going to sponsor me. So by some miracle, I was able to keep the food down for two days so that we could start reading. And the result has been a life beyond my wildest dreams. So that was so important for me to make work any of the other steps. And this is perhaps my favorite just line in this book, that over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. And uh, that, that, is, that is so reassuring because uh, there were so many times where I tried to stop killing myself with food and I would be able to white knuckle it for a period of time, but it was a progressive illness and, and, and over, over the years that I've tried, I'm, I'm 43 years old now. So for 41 years, you know, um, food had been my, just a, such a struggle for me. 
And anytime I got some period of time where I, I could avoid it, I, I'd pick up again and, and I'd be off to the races. And this last one had me in suicidal ideation. And I'm a mother of a, of a four and a six-year-old now, but I, I just didn't even want to get out of bed. And that's really scary when you have two little ones like that, when you just want to die. I, I mean, this, this, uh, this food addiction probably wouldn't take me to, to kill me immediately, but the suicidality that I had, that's the truth. That's where my disease progressed. Um, the other, the last thing I wanted to share here was that uh, all went well for a time. Let's see, sorry. I'm in my car. It's going to shut off. All went well for a time, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. And I want to read the rest of that, but I can't emphasize how important this has been to my recovery. That when I got here, you know, and you guys told me that it was going to be, you know, going back to a higher power and that I really was beyond human aid. I got that and that I had to believe in something greater than myself. And then you guys asked me to call him God. I was totally at this point, I was finally willing to consider it. And that's all that was required that I considered some concept of God that could help me. And uh, what I think has been working for me for the last year and a half is that daily I am working to enlarge my spiritual life because more is revealed as we work the steps and we get freedom, more comes to light. And, and what I'm aware of is that once the food obsession and the neutrality around the food came, it's, the, it's, my, it's my spiritual malady that I have some really distorted ways of thinking and, and things that I think can solve my problems. Um, I, I really need help. And so I, I enlarged my spiritual life by daily uh, living in, a, um, I wake at, at 4, 4.30 every day to have quiet with my creator so that I can do a nightly re review, which I choose to do in the morning, which is the 10th step. Uh, 11 steps. And I, um, I offer outreach and I connect with other women on the line. I, I sponsor women in the program to, to continue to enlarge my spiritual life. And even, uh, you know, I'm here on this trip with in-laws and um, my children and other children. And uh, when I fail to enlarge my spiritual life, I'm in, I'm in a lot of trouble. So if we read further, we're going to see that to his consternation, when he failed to enlarge his spiritual life, he found himself drunk half a dozen times in rapid succession. On each of these occasions, we worked with him, reviewing carefully what would happen. He agreed and that he was a real alcoholic and in serious condition. He knew he faced another trip to the asylum if he kept on. Moreover, he would lose his family to whom he had deep affection. Yet he got drunk again. And that was my experience. Um, I, um, let's see, I uh, struggled with food addiction from a very early age. Um, my weight did not reflect the obsession of food that, that it took a, a ridiculous proportion. Uh, in my early, you know, age, I had some challenging parents. Uh, I was daughter of an alcoholic. And so there was very much the dysfunctional family. And I found that like pound, like certain foods, um, would help me with that. And so, um, I don't know, I don't need to go through the history. I basically, uh, I just wanted to die. And um, I got to work the steps and I basically want to share what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Um, 
what it was like. I wanted to die. I just, I had no way to get through an activity. This is like, um, we do this trip every year, for example, and I would always need to have a certain amount of something in my pocket to last the duration of the activity because I had absolutely zero way to cope. I mean, zero. If, if I had to pull my family over because I ran out of whatever was in my pocket to help me sustain the activity, then that's what we did. Um, I, I would eat all the food in this house, in this cabin when we've done this because it's an annual trip. And then I'd have to go early the next morning and replace it all because I'd be so utterly, you know, incomprehensibly demoralized. And I remember that the New Year's before 2020, like I was certain for sure that I was going to stop for the last time I had a, my whole family knew. I publicly shamed myself on Facebook to let people know that I needed help. And like that to me was the ultimate of asking. And I fell right on my face and I said, okay, I'll start Monday. And it was just the constant, I'll start Monday. The pandemic hit and I was getting ready to do you know, something that was like reminiscent of my other, you know, my struggles in my other program. And God told me that if you do this, you know, I, I got this really clear message that if you go and do this, you're going to, you're going to have a relapse in this other program. And so I went to my meeting and I told on myself and I started to, to, so I took my parents to counseling and I decided that they were going to pay for what they had done, that, that maybe getting them to figure And my two adult sisters, I had them stop talking to us and getting them to, um, getting them to stop talking to them so that they would go to counseling with us. And every week we'd take, go up to bat to tell them how they destroyed our lives because I was insane in the food and I needed somebody to blame. And what happened is that I started working the steps while I was doing that. And the most, the greatest miracle that this program has given me is a new relationship with a family that I've had tremendous difficulty with. If you grew up in my town and you knew of my family, it was no secret that we've really, really struggled. And I've tried, I went to go get an MFT to figure out like what was wrong with my family dynamics. Cause I thought that would solve my problem. And what happened was that God melted all the anger and the resentment when I did my fourth step and I got to see my part in that column. And then there was hope that I could do something about what was wrong with Whitney. And my parents just got to be the, the 37, the 28, the, the, 49 year old man who were just doing the best that they could. And God melted all of that anger and resentment. And from that point on, when I was in that counseling and I was working those steps and to this day, I have a relationship with my family, my parents that I have destroyed from this disease of secrets and lies and using and abusing substances. My disease took me to use diet pills in to the point where I was for 11 years seeking out doctors to go to them and lie to them. I had a life that was so riddled with secrets and lies that if you ever got in my car, I would be terrified for what you would find out. My parents have the keys to my car. They have the codes to my door. I don't have a life of secrecy today. I've been delivered from the insanity of this disease through living a pure and clean life. God has given me the ability to be willing to talk to a nutritionist to get outside help. And that was a huge step for me to find out, you know, who to be willing to speak to somebody who could help me and design a food plan for me that has nourished my body and has, you know, we've made tweaks and there was even a point where I got too too low in my weight and recovery helped me see that like I used to get a hit off of that and recovery had me say, no, I need more food because I'm too low in my weight. And that's a miracle. I thought there wasn't a low enough weight. And so I was freed from that. And, you know, I have, uh, you know, I have the kind of program where I have a sponsor that I work with and we check in once a week and I have sponsees and I'm sorry that I'm all over the place. It's really dark here and it is a lot of wind blowing, but I'm really hoping that you hear that 
you know, through working the steps that uh, the life that God has given me is just beyond my wildest dreams. I had uh, lost the dream of becoming a marriage and family therapist. And um, I was able to resurrect that dream by making my amends to my supervisor. I went to her. I had never dreamed that I would go back to her and ask for a job in the same facility. And I did. And I had shared with her kind of how insane I was when I was working those steps. And uh, she, I'm back working with her and I have the kind of peace with her. The death of a dream has been resurrected through working the steps in this program. It gives me a design for a living so that when I'm doing my case notes that I have an honesty and an integrity that I've never, ever known before. And I have an integrity with my food plan and, and a sponsor. And I call people like last night, I, um, I had a food that is allowed on my plan and I, uh, some, you know, I, I just ate it and I thought, oh boy, that could probably affect me. And I've done this with salt and with other things. Like I've just let my know my sponsor know, like, I don't want the things that could possibly cause me to have that, um, the yearning for the foods that used to drive me. Uh, the fact that I live that I don't eat salt today is a miracle. You know, God just taken these things away from me. Anything that would cause me to think more about it than I should. You know, I texted my sponsor last night and I said, this is something I ate last night. It's part of my food plan. I think this could be a problem and I commit to not eating it. And so I have little refined like ways that this program has just helped me refine and have a clean way of living um, so that I can be of service that I'm in this cabin with my family and it's, you know, they're drinking and eating and doing all the things. And I just look for ways to get the little kids out and, and find ways to be of service, to do the dishes and to just be usefully whole. And the relationship that I had with my husband where I had to like buy 17 sizes, you know, it, it started with the food, but it, it has turned into something that is more, you know, I'm wearing the same size now for a year and a half. I didn't have to go buy a new ski outfit, but I have a relationship with my husband that is fun and it is flirty. And I'm, I'm learning to, to speak up and to ask for what I need and, and not to trip out about that, like not to feel like I can't ask for that because of this relationship with my creator. My husband is not my, you know, he thinks I hung the moon. He says that I've never seen anything in my life like this. And he doesn't have the spiritual beliefs that I have. And um, I don't need him to. I, I used to come from a childhood belief where you had to be equally yoked. And I, I don't have that that fear. I, I just teach my children what I know about my creator. And, and I have this peace of mind and knowing that like everybody gets to come to that decision. The way, and, and that's what the beauty of this, this OA program has offered me is that you let me find my own concept of God. And I heard you guys sharing in the meeting, like how you want to be inclusive. And, and that's just something that's happened through working these steps and finding access to something greater than me that I have neutrality with religion and, and uh, we, we celebrated Christmas in my parents' home and I, I was able to be respectful to their beliefs and, and to, to actually glean some, some of my own, you know, experience and loving that God can be found in every, in, in the book, it says that, that in, in the middle, in, in the heart of every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And that's where I found my answer to all my problems as far as, understanding how this creator can work and how it doesn't matter what my husband believes. I believe that God is in him. And I use that word God now, but that doesn't have, that doesn't have the same belief that I had before. It is open and as loving as it's my creator, my divine mother, my spirit of the five, universe. Five minutes left. Yeah. So as, as I wrap up in the five minutes, um, I guess I just, I don't know if I was able to convey enough about 
you know, I, I'm not really sure how much more I could just share about my daily practice. Maybe um, I wake up with my creator. I do my, my nightly review. I find in there the gratitudes and the ways that God saved me for myself. And it is like, if somebody told me, I mean, I used to really be big on the big stuff. I like big sugar, big caffeine, big substance, things that gave me a hit, you know? And uh, if anybody told me like, here, do your gratitude and write a letter to God in the morning. And that will give you the kind of hit that will just give you so much like this purpose for living that I have the d- design for living a way that I can look at my, my life and say, could I have done this better? You know, a way that I can say, yeah, I, I didn't do that. Right. Let me go back and make that right. And I find that living with this, this concept that I can't change people, places, or things has given me the peace of mind to know that I just work on cleaning up my side of the street. And I make sure that if I make mistakes that in that nightly review, I catch them and I go to make them right. And I have a, uh, I send my nightly review to other people in the program. I'm currently on a mom's group. If you guys are have children and you need, you know, any resources for women on this line, I found this recovery uh, group, an app on WhatsApp that has mothers that are addressing the things that are are specific to, to to ways that I needed. I had zero tolerance for my children, and I'm on this trip, and I'm just marveling at how many layers that God has given me, like a little bit more of a fuse. He's given me a little bit more of present moment awareness, where I can sit with discomfort and say, "I'm uncomfortable. My daughter is having a tantrum. How can I do this?" Maybe she needs to stay in. And I didn't have these intuitive thoughts before. God just brings them to me through the work with sponsees. You know, I'm able to, you know, carry this message and I don't have to reinvent the wheel. All I do is like share the steps as they're outlined in the book. I didn't use outside stuff to help me get recovery. I I used what we found in the book. And I really appreciated that the program that I was working in and the people that I work with you know, through OA, like that we focused on the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, because that's where I found the recipe. And that's where I found the step work that I needed. Um, I, I find that, you know, when I'm troubled, that I pick up that phone, and I when I'm faced with indecision that I offer myself and say, hey, can I check in with what's going on with you? And I found that that phone, which has been like, you know, I was horribly isolated and alone and lonely. And I'm so grateful that this program, you know, I always used to like when people will get a little loosey goosey with, you know, with the, the beverage, the beverage, and then, you know, sometimes go and have their, you know, whatever's in the food that gives them like a little bit of a hit, you know, and because they would start to loosen up and talk about what's really going on. And I found that in the rooms of recovery here that um, I'm, I'm free to listen and people are speaking about what's really going on. And I'm so genuinely touched that my creator found a way for me to be able to be connecting in my truth instead of wearing this mask anymore. I don't have to wear the mask. I have a sense of, you know, I was looking for self-esteem and doing all of those things to find a sense of self and a sense of purpose. And I looked through all the books and I spent a lot of money in therapists and, in this last few moments, I just can only say that, you know, finding this creator has helped me if, with every moment of my life. And, and I'm a, I'm a, some are worse, sicker than most. And I'm, I'm somebody that needs to have uh, a spiritual program and I'm working it daily uh, and hourly and especially on this trip so that when I leave and my, my car returns from this trip that I can, that I can be rest assured that it was my creator that people saw, not me because on my finite self, I am not able to carry this message. And I hope that this message was able to reach at least one of you tonight. And I'm happy to take any calls and be of any assistance. Thank you for letting me share.
Wow. Whitney, thanks so much. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? All right, meeting is open for shares. And first we'll have Michelle. Hi everybody, uh, I'm Michelle, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in the Windy City, Chicago. Uh, thank you so much, Whitney, for your share. I have a whole page that I wrote, my hand is cramping. I related to so much, um, you know, one of the things that really just like got me right in my heart was when you were talking about uh, your, your resolution and you posted on Facebook that this time it's going to be different and all these things. And I remember that feeling of, oh my God, and, and sharing with my family and this is what I'm going to do. And in that moment, I, I sincerely meant it. I wasn't lying. You know, we do have a desire but my powerlessness was so strong. And something that I was thinking about, I'm totally gonna geek out here for a moment. During this winter holiday, I've been binge watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and in Lord of the Rings, it's, there's this ring, right? And this ring, they say like the purpose of this ring, it wants to get back to its evil master thing person, right? And that's like the mission of this ring is to like pull you down. It wants to get back to the master. And I thought about like our disease is like this evil ring, right? Unfortunately, we can't take the ring off and be done with it forever. It's incurable, but we can treat it. And I was just thinking, you know, our disease, even though we are in recovery, we have to stay spiritually fit, just like you said, one day at a time. And because at the end of the day, we have a disease in the waiting room doing push-ups, waiting to clobber us over the head while we're in these meetings. Um, and I just think too, like when we when we have that desire, that that mental blank spot when it comes to our food. Later on in the chapter, it talks about the whiskey and the milk, like, you know, in our disease brains, we genuinely think like, yeah, whiskey and milk, that's a great idea. Um, and it's just, it's such a cunning, baffling and powerful disease. And, and I'm grateful for the reminder tonight. Uh, thank you. I'll keep coming back. And next we have Susan A. Hi, everybody. My name is Susan A. from Pennsylvania, and I'm recovering. Whitney, I pre appreciate so much what you shared. I can't see you, as you said, because you're camping and <laughs> in the dark, but your voice came through loud and clear and your message. Um, you, your sharing sparked a lot of things in me. 
Um, and I've had a spiritual relationship with my higher power for deck for a long time before I even got into the 12 steps. We're talking decades. Um, so it's a very valuable relationship to me and the way it's, um, I deal with my higher power in the, in my, in regard to relative to my disease of food addiction. Um, what I wanted to share is that, you know, I've had, I would say I'm a, um, a relapse, uh, compul not compulsive relapser, but a relapser. Uh, a pattern of that. I've also had a lot of good recovery. Um, but one of the ways that my spiritual uh, path to my higher power or channel can be blocked is if I am not honest with my sponsor about what I consider the small things um, it, with You're Susan, muted, Susan, I think Susan. you muted yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. If you have a piece of fabric, um, a cheap fabric, and you th there's a loose uh, thread, you pull that thread and it unravels the whole piece of fabric. That's what can happen. And that what is what does and did happen recently to me because I did not share with my sponsor about these, you know, eating in between meals, not binging or anything, but just, you know, eating early or, or making my meals, you know, um, close in time versus what it should be. Um, so it's kind of like um, when, when people say that if you're not abstinent, you cannot work the steps. And I do agree with that. You're foggy. The same thing happens for me if I'm not, you know, um, totally honest with my sponsor, my spiritual connection with my higher power starts to unravel. Um, some of the things you said that I related to is, um, well, um, the salt. I'm uh, recently uh, found mm -hmm. out I have very, very low blood pressure. So the doctor said, you have to eat salt. Do you know any salty snacks you can have? <laughs> like, I had just gone through with my a past sponsor, basically time. giving up salt. Um, I'm sorry, did you say the time? Yeah, that's your time. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't get to my points. But, but anyway, thank you so much, Whitney. It was, you were awesome. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share. And next we have Sherry M. Oh, there's the mute. I love that. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Sherry M. And I'm uh, gratefully recovered today, uh, one day at a time. Welcome to anybody who might be new to the meeting tonight. And congrats to people counting days. So glad you're here. And thank you so much. I have the gallery view. I came upstairs. <laughs> And I love the gallery view. I'm really into this now. And I see you, Whitney. And, I, and I'm just thinking what lengths we go to to sit in. I know the, how cold it is in the city you're at to be sitting there. I think it's snowing in a car 
doing service. And that's really, um, to me, that is enlarging my spiritual life. And I, and thank you for mentioning that that is, um, you know, I used to think prior to being recovered that spiritual life and enlarging that meant just, you know, I, I memorized every single prayer, including the St. Francis prayer and the seven step prayer. And I just wrote, you know, I would just like memorize them and say them all day, the prayers, but Today, I, I no longer feel like that. That's not enough. That wasn't enough, clearly, because I kept going back to the food for over 15 years in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. But what has worked to enlarge my spiritual life is doing, um, you know, the 10 steps and the nightly review and the work, the work and the work and the work and the work. And then God transforms me by doing the work. This is an action program based on work. <laughs> An entire abstinence, and then God does the rest. And recently, I haven't shared about this on a meeting, so I thought maybe I'd take the time to do that. Um, the night before New Year's, my husband's brother ended up um, losing, um, had a heart issue and lost oxygen for about 20 minutes, and he's on a ventilator. And so we spent New Year's Eve at the hospital, um, and only one member you know, of the family is allowed to go all day. So you can only have, it's just because of the new policy with COVID. And, um, and this is an estranged brother. So there's been a lot of chaos and drama with a living wife that we thought was a girlfriend and just not giving us the medical directive and trying to get paperwork. And I have to say, um, this is the first time sharing about it because it's all in my nightly review. It's on my 10 steps. And I just keep showing up every day and I'm of service. I was on the phone with many sponsors. They don't even know this is going on because I have a solution to these things, which is the program, right? And, um, and I get to show up and I have to say, this talk about lack of tolerance. I, I heard you say like you couldn't tolerate some family members. I had, when I first got recovered, I couldn't stand being living in this house. I, I had no tolerance for anything my husband did or said. The love I have for this man today and the person that I am able to show up, God is saying things, I'm doing things, putting myself aside. I'm even suggesting call your ex-wife. And this is a woman that I wish dead six months ago. You know, I, I mean, in my 10 steps, I, that would have been the solution. And the, like, I don't know who this person is, but here's what I know. I never think about food. Thank you so much. And I, um, and I only think about how can God demonstrate through me the miracle. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing and for talking about the spiritual malady. Thank you. And next we have Wendy S. Hello, everyone. Um, Wendy S., a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, so happy to be here. And thank you so much, Whitney, uh, for that share. It was really wonderful. Um, and I, I have a question <laughs> that I'd like to ask you. Um, I think I'm not sure quite how, but but we're talking about more about alcoholism. And, and what I see when I look at this chapter is that it's it's not about the alcoholism, it's about the thinking, it's about the mental part of the disease and our belief system and, um, and yeah, and, and the way that we, that we think in ways that are harmful to us. And, um, and I love that you mentioned like how difficult it was for you to ask. Um, and I wanted to know if you could expand on how you, how you shifted that for yourself. Like what, what's the thing in program that worked the most for you and is, has enabled you to be a better asker? 
Uh, let's see. Can you hear me? Thank you for asking that question. Yeah. You know, I, I always say this is not an eating problem. It's a thinking problem. I've got a thinking problem. And a lot of my secrets and lies, like the hallmarks of my disease, like when I think, oh, maybe I'll just keep this to myself. That's when I really need to share it. So I utilize the rooms to share in a meeting when I have some really off thinking to help relieve me of that. And I've got relief. You know, that was with it. It started with that, like the willing to be take back another layer of honesty and be like, today, I thought maybe I'll just put this in my food, you know, or something crazy, or maybe I should. Um, I mean, I, I do not know. I, you know, they say that situations that used to baffle us, we will suddenly know how to handle them. I know how to handle them because I, I make those calls. I found a way to utilize that line and get that relief. So it was like, the thought comes to mind. I'm not safe. I'm not feeling good. And then the phone call comes and that relief came. So it would just be reinforced continually because I cannot, that's where I found God. Like he continued to bring somebody. I had a psychiatric emergency once where I had been going through a medication shift and I had a serious splitting and God found three women that I used the phone call three times. And on those three very different phone calls, honestly, and this breaks my heart because I would not wish this on anyone. I had to ask somebody to come get my children and I was able to use the line to he directed me to three different people with experience, strength, and hope that carried me through the darkest of hours that could get, they were God with skin on. So I learned how to, you know, and tell people that I think, and no one ever says you're crazy. They just validate and then encourage me to take the next right action. We don't go to gossip. We don't do those things. So those tools help me. It just reinforced and it continues. So I don't have to take those secrets anymore. I don't wish I don't want to have a life of secrets. And that is what the phone calls and asking for help has helped me to. And I have been delivered through some serious stuff through this last year and a half. Thank you for asking. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please